Welcome back. This is the soft count. So most of you are probably getting ready for your holiday weekend. It is pouring rain where I'm at right now, so you might hear some of that coming through the mic. I'm pretty sure I got it taken care of for the most part as far as sound is concerned, but you might hear some thunder or something like that. I'll do my best to make sure nobody's ears get blown out. So we got Golden State in the finals, as we predicted for the last like three weeks now. Uh, Golden State's going. I've been saying they're going to win it all. It looks like they're going to win it all. I don't. I don't see Miami or <laughs> or Boston being able to stop them, but we'll, we'll see. Everyone on TV says it's 100% the Celtics, and it appears to be mostly because of injuries. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but mostly it just appears that Miami's out of players. <laughs> We'll find out tonight, obviously, but I'm not confident anymore. Let's uh, let's get started early with some uh, best bets. Best bets. So I'm taking the Celtics by 11 or more points. That's plus 127. I I mean, if you want to bet on the Celtics, which it appears to that's the bet to make, uh, they're already minus 400, and it's I'm pretty it's in Boston tonight, so. Yeah, I mean, I I think it'll they'll probably get they'll probably win by twenty. You know, like some people are. <laughs> I'm here, and some people expect thirty. I think plus eleven. My uh, Boston by eleven plus one twenty. That's a pretty safe bet. I, I like that for the night. Al, Al Horford's over under is ten and a half points. I'll take the over on that. Al Horford will get you ten. I really do like watching him play, I, especially later in his career. He just kind of does everything pretty well, and he's kind of an annoyance as well. He's not like a he's not like a shit talking annoyance. He's like a really like pious dude. But overall, his game is just solid. He's a solid player. I've really really enjoyed watching him in the playoffs. Actually, had a couple big games where I think that kind of caught everybody off guard. But yeah, give me Al Horford ten and a half points. I'll take the over minus one twenty seven. Jimmy Butler is 22 and a half points. I'll take the under at minus 111. Jalen Brown is 24 and a half points. Man. So we hit on our player props last night, or uh, two nights ago on, on this game. Max Struess, we took the under. He had zero points. He was 0 for 9. So uh, we, we actually hit on all of our player props last week. The only one we that I'm always nervous about is Jalen Brown because it's like he'll either give you six or he'll give you 30. So it's like, which night is that going to be? If they win by plus 11, like I'm kind of expecting them to, I guess it'll be the over. Take Jalen Brown at minus 122. Not bad. And then uh, let's take a look one more. We'll do um, my favorite. Go down to Max Struess. His over-under is 8.5 points. I'm taking the under. Minus 108. Uh, that dude just kind of fell off the planet. So those are my props for tonight. I also like Boston by uh, 11 points or more. and that That's like a plus 130, I think, something like that. So you can make some nice cash right there. I'm digging those. So those are our best bets for tonight. Best bets. I think it's been clear now that like Jay, or, uh, Jimmy Butler is not a one. I mean, I know that... He had that one game where he scored 40 points and everybody was ready to anoint him, you know, playoff Jimmy. He's the greatest, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. He's good. He's not great. He's kind of like DeMar DeRozan. Although I, I, 
I would argue that DeRozan might be better right now, just more consistently at that mid-range game because that's where they those guys kind of make their money. They they make their money in the mid-range, which is why they don't get a lot of credit for being great because that shit just isn't what people are looking at. Everybody loves to like romanticize Michael Jordan. Like, Michael Jordan's game was the mid-range. Like, DeMar DeRozan is doing what Michael Jordan used to do. These people don't remember. They just think, oh, he flew and dunked. And it's like, yeah, he did all that shit. But, like, all those crazy shots, like, where he's, like, fucking sick flying through the air, those are mid-range jumpers. And Michael was the king of the mid-range jumper. DeRozan, his his fucking percentage was ridiculous this year. In that game that Jimmy Butler had 40, he was shooting mid-range jumpers. Kobe Bryant. Everybody shits on the mid-range game, but then we idolize our favorite players are all mid-range game guys. It's like, I don't, I, I don't understand it. It's kind of blown my mind for the last couple years, really, is where it's like, analytically, it makes more sense to shoot threes than twos. Okay. And if the percentage is are close, which, you know, over the last several years, guys like Steph Curry have gotten up into like 40% three-point shooting, which is, you know, as good as somebody shooting 50% from the two. Theoretically, if he keeps hitting him and hitting him and hitting him throughout the game and over his shots of attempts and all that shit, analytically it says that a two-point shot is a bad shot versus a layup or a dunk. Or a three. But all of our favorite players of all time, everybody here listening in NBA, like most people will tell you Michael Jordan's their favorite player or Kobe Bryant's their favorite player. And you might hear a few other guys here and there, but those guys are mid range maestros, man. They were the kings. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, he doesn't get any credit. DeMar DeRozan doesn't really get any credit, mostly because they can't finish like those dudes could. Like, Kobe could finish like nobody else. That's, you know, part of it. So could Mike. (laughs) So can LeBron. These guys can finish better than Jimmy and DeRozan. I'm just saying the step-back jumper and all that mid-range, you know, that shit's sweet. Dwayne Wade was real nice with it. Chris Paul. Chris Paul's great with it. He's just small (laughs) and can't finish like those other guys can. Finishing at the hoop is is another talent. If you can do that and some other things, it's just it's unstoppable. Um, Golden State looks to me I think Golden State's going to handle either one of these teams that comes out of the East everybody's sure the Celtics are going to win tonight I'm not so sure I, I'm actually like I said I'm pretty much betting on player props now in this series I'm not betting on who's going to win because it just the series hasn't made any sense <laughs> I'm not, I don't even want to watch it really I, like I'll watch it tonight it's going to be on but that Obi-Wan series came out <laughs> I might have to check that out my wife's going to be wanting to watch Stranger Things. We'll see. I, this game will be on for me. I'm just, I just don't really give a shit anymore. The, both teams have looked bad. And I know whichever one of these teams is about to go face Golden State, Golden State's going to smoke them. Golden State might sweep either of these teams. They're playing that well. It's funny. The people on TV are saying, like, well, Celtics are going to get through. And here's the matchup problems Golden State are going to have with the Celtics. Like, like the Celtics are like fucking Golden State's in trouble if the Celtics get through. <laughs> what? What are you guys seeing? Because here's what I see. I see Golden State gives you one bad game a series, and Boston, if they get through, gives you two, maybe three. 
but definitely two, where your stars just disappear. They shit their pants and go home. There's no, It's like, and Golden State's only going to give you one. And Looney, he's been playing outrageous. Clay's back. All these guys are back. Their worst player is, somebody said, this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I guess the NBA Hall of Fame is, they let anybody in, I guess. I don't know. It's not like the NFL Hall of Fame. Although the NFL Hall of Fame has started to let fucking anybody in, too, if they make a big enough stink and get on commercials and shit and cry, you can get in. You make one great play in the NFL and you're in. <laughs> but in the NBA, they really let everybody in and, and everyone's saying first ballot Draymond Green. It's like, and they're like, you look at the stats and you'll laugh. And it's like, exactly. You'll laugh. <laughs> Dude, you don't get in. <laughs> I don't care how many fucking rings you have. I, I don't care. You can't average like less than five points and five fucking rebounds and five assists and get in. Drives me crazy. I mean, you can let him in, but first ballot? Like, come the fuck on. T.O. wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, which to me discredits the Hall of Fame entirely. I hadn't had a... We'll talk about that. In fact, let's take a quick little smoke break, and then we'll talk about that. So I was talking to some friends. I I do want to talk some NFL. We've been talking... NBA like crazy and there was a couple things that have come up in the NFL that I find really interesting one of them is Lamar Jackson's contract situation for those of you that don't know Lamar Jackson's agent is his mom and himself now I don't have a huge problem with that especially if they would have re-signed a deal and just got everything done and secured his future but there are they're gambling on himself. He's betting on himself like Joe Flacco did. I'm going to bet on myself and get re-signed in my contract situation. They're going to they're going to owe me an ungodly amount of money because at the end of this year like they'll have to pay me. Here's the problem, dude. You run a lot. And when in the history of when shit can go wrong, what I know about it is it does. I'm not saying you're you're bound you're like due for an injury or whatever, but like that is an outrageous risk for you. Your only ability really is running. You are average everywhere else, but your running is a plus. He's an A plus runner. If you were a wide receiver or a running back, he'd be an A plus ball carrier. The problem, though, is that you know he's he's an he's a B minus pretty much everywhere else, maybe a C plus. I thought he was more accurate in college. I remember when he was coming out of college, I was like, oh my god, this dude throws really nice, accurate, short game stuff. And then it's like his his throwing motion kind of changed when he got to the NFL. He's got like a different throwing motion than he did back then, and it just looks he's never had a nice throwing motion, but it's just not accurate. It's like Justin Fields. Justin Fields is never going to be accurate, by the way. I watched every college pass that guy ever threw, and only a handful of them looked good, ever. He throws high almost every pass. And in the NFL, if you look at his numbers, he was like nine touchdowns, six picks, or that might even be backwards, six you know, six and nine. I, I can't remember. But that's what you're going to see in his career. He, he's not accurate. People like to think they can 
they can teach accuracy. You can't. I, I don't believe you can really. <clears throat> Not really. I, I've known people that are accurate at things. So I used to work at this bar, and this defensive lineman played in the NFL for a long time. Rodney Bailey. He used to come in all the time. Played for the Saints. Played for the Patriots. Played for. I don't know. He played for every. Played at Ohio State. He played at all these fucking places. And he told me one time he went into a bar with um, with Drew Brees, and they were drinking and playing darts. And he said, man, Drew didn't even really ever say he played darts. And he's like, and I don't think he really does. He's like, we're just using house stuff. He's like, he could hit the bullseye every single time. Like every single time. Now, I had a buddy whose his dad was like a dart player and would enter tournaments. And he could do that, you know, like every time. Like boom, boom, boom. I could just wherever you need me to put it. Boom, boom, boom. But if that's not something you're just doing all the time, for a guy like Drew Brees, who's throwing football, is considered to be like the most accurate dude ever. He can just like go over there and do that, crank, crank, crank. He can probably shoot baskets pretty well, like everything. It's just accuracy is like pinpoint, and it's like not even. It's like in your mind. It's like the 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 fucking accurate. How do you teach somebody what their eyes are seeing and what their hand is doing to put it where their eyes are? You just can't. Like, and you can you can work on people's footwork and talk about their throwing motion and all that's true but then somebody comes along with a fucking bernie kozar sidearm and they're accurate and it's like well that doesn't make any sense it's like no it doesn't because he's been accurate since he was five years old lamar jackson's just not accurate <laughs> and so and i don't think he's going to get any more accurate now it, it, it is what it is but what it is can be an mvp and can probably win a super bowl if you're coaching smart if your defense doesn't blitz every other t- every other fucking you know play, and you run the ball more, and your everybody doesn't die and get hurt, you know that would be ideal for the Ravens. But Lamar Jackson's contract, he's really he's betting on himself, and that is a super dangerous mountain to climb for a guy that that plays like he does. I just when you're talking that much money with these guys, I just I don't care about giving away some of it just to make sure. I don't have to deal with it. Because the other thing about this is, is it's not like, like part of the reason you have an agent is to hear all the bullshit that you don't want to hear. Because all they're going to do is like bring out your numbers and talk shit about you and and to try to chew you down in the contract. And that just makes your self-esteem go down when you're representing yourself. I think for 90% of the players in the NFL, representing yourself is fine. Like, like defensive players, I just think the quarterback position specifically is the one position you're signing really big money on really long contracts with all kinds of crazy fucking language. And you did, I mean, there's really only a couple colleges in the country that are even worthy mentioning that you graduated from. There's probably like 10 total. And I didn't graduate from one, and neither did you. <laughs> like, there's, you know, there's just not. Most colleges are a total waste of time, and you don't learn anything. You just like, for him, he probably just played football and went to like whatever he majored in. I guarantee it was probably some like Parks and Rec shit. Maybe not. Maybe maybe he majored in fucking neuroscience. I don't know. Every now and then a quarterback does. You hear about him, and they never make it. <laughs> they spend too much time in their, you know, their fucking school shit. And I, and I was a person that just went to school for school, and I just thought, you know, I went to Ohio State, and I just thought, wow, there's, like, nothing to be, I mean, I, 
if you're not like a chemical engineering specialist or a doctor, I just don't, it's all nonsense. You can just learn it on your own. Like it, I ended up with an, you know, English degree basically, but a teaching certificate. And it's like all that shit I learned, I didn't learn anything there. <laughs> you just took tests to prove that you know it. Like you, you're, you're not like breaking ground or anything. And so I personally, with my fucking English degree, I couldn't read through one of these contracts and know what I'm reading. There's no fucking way you and your mom are reading through this contract and knowing, like, you can just get railroaded. It's insane to me. In fact, it's probably one of the most insane stories nobody talks about. How the fuck do you think you're going to get the upper hand on these people, these lawyers, these, like, these lawyers for the NFL that write contracts? Like, they're fucking sharks. You need to get a shark of your own. That is terrifying. I can't believe you would just go in. And, and their their idea of it is, is like, now nah, I'm just going to play this year. I'm not even going to think about it. And then they're really going to have to pay me. It's like, well, they can just kind of franchise tag you if they want. And then you're really fucked. <laughs> Unless you're going to hold out or whatever. I, I just think that, that I'd get an agent ASAP. Like, Tell me what to do. <laughs> That's an insane situation. I mentioned earlier the Hall of Fame. I don't talk about the Hall of Fame because I really don't care, especially, and part of that is because Terrell Owens wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know what you, if you're not, if it's, if he's not a first ballot, I don't know what you, I don't know what you have to do. I know this was a while ago, but I was just thinking about it. They were talking, right now is like a perfect time to turn on TV and everybody's talking about their top lists of all time because there's nothing on. And so everyone's like, let's talk about the greatest NBA players that have ever played. Michael Jordan, LeBron James. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that argument again, okay. And I hear it in the I hear some of the NFL shit, you know. And I'm like, man. Anyway, ever since then, the Hall of Fame's meant nothing to me. Like, I don't care who they let in. I don't care what order they get in. It's all nonsense. Let Draymond in. Everybody gets in. First ballot. It's just let every. As soon as you retire, they should just let you in. It's nonsense. Terrell Owens not first ballot. <laughs> no news on the Baker Mayfield front. There, well, that's not true. Apparently, the Panthers wanted him, but they only want to pay him about five million dollars, and they want the Browns to pick up the rest of the money. Here's the reality: somebody is picking up that paycheck, and it's probably going to be Cleveland. If I'm Cleveland. And I have to pay him that fucking money. I'm not trading him. And I think that might be where they're at. And I don't think realize. I don't think a lot of the people realize in television yet, and and the kind of the pundits and all the journalists and Adam Scheffler and all these people. They don't realize it yet. The Browns, the Browns, if they're paying him, they're not getting rid of him. We haven't heard shit about what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson yet, and and how long he's going to be out. Jacoby Brissett is not as good as Baker Mayfield, and the Browns know that. And if they have to pay him, if I'm fucking Baker Mayfield, and he's been quiet now, their camp got everybody got quiet. Everybody's waiting for somebody to draw on this. Like, who's going to trade for him? Are they going to cut him? Is he going to start talking shit again? Like, who's going to move first? But really, for the first time. It's in the Browns' interest and Baker Mayfield's interest to stay together. Like, Baker, the only team out there is willing to pay you $5 million. That's like backup quarterback money. They're willing to pay you that. 
That's the only team. Now, if you get cut, you still get your $18 million from the Browns. And then you get signed for what, $5 million? You, And then it's over. You go back in for the Browns right now while Deshaun Watson's out, and you change the narrative about what people think of you. You got Amari Cooper. You go in there and you start fucking slinging it. If you're healthy and your labrum's better, like then you can force a trade. You can be like, I want out of here. Deshaun Watson's going to be ready. I want out. Trade me now. Your value will go up. And if he comes in and plays poor, then it's just kind of solidifies what everybody knows anyway, which is you're probably a backup quarterback, which is fine. But if there's a chance that you can get on the field and change that, do it. In Cleveland, what what are they? Why would they care? Like if Baker just came in, head down, grinded out for a few months, like and just didn't say shit. I'm a crazy person. I can just pretend, wherever I'm working, whatever I'm doing. My wife thinks I'm nuts. And I just pretend. Like, I'm not me at work. That's not me. You could give me a different name, even. I become a different person. Now, there's a few jobs I've had in my life where I didn't have to do that. I knew there was no, it's like a dead end. I'm, I'm washing dishes or I'm cleaning. It's like, you're getting me. You're getting the real me like in those jobs. Kitchen jobs, working at pizza places. Like, those are the real me. But every job I've ever had that mattered or I thought had a future in it, like, you're not getting the real me. Not really. And so if I'm Baker Mayfield, I just put on my fucking mask and I go in and I just pretend to be something else for my own benefit. You'd pretend to be what these people want you to be so that you benefit. It's like... Am I the am I the crazy person really? Am I really the crazy? My wife thinks I'm crazy too. I'm like I just tell people they're right and fucking know they're wrong. I don't give a shit. I don't care how wrong they are. If they're my boss, I'm listening. Like some bosses want feedback, but most people don't. Most people hate criticism. They don't want they don't want to hear it. And Baker's that way. Like I can't handle it. Like you can't just realize that nobody else fucking matters at all ever 99% of the people you meet in your life just are fucking they don't care about you and so don't care what they say about you like fuck them they don't care about you Baker so you need to not give a shit what they say and and just like fucking benefit yourself go in there pretend to be whatever the fuck they want get traded go somewhere in a better situation you'll get paid you can't you can't get cut right now. I mean, I, I realize a lot of people are thinking like that's the best situation for him, but it's not. The best situation is for him to go win maybe a couple games. Can you imagine if they were like undefeated three and zero, and Baker Mayfield's playing? Like, can you imagine if you wanted to really stick it to Cleveland? That's what Baker should do. And then it's like, wow, what the fuck do we do now? He was just hurt last year. Fuck. What do we do? We just gave this guy two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed, and, and the world hates him. It's like, oh, man, if I were Baker, that's what I would do. And I'd barely say shit. I'd just answer, like, all the questions like fucking Eli Manning. I'd turn into fucking Eli Manning if I were Baker Mayfield. I'd watch his film, and I'd wa- and by film, I mean his press conferences. I'd be like, okay, his mannerisms, his fucking, the, the way he answers shit, I'm going to be like, I'm going to pretend to be Eli Manning, and I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to make us fucking undefeated and act like Eli Manning and they won't know what the fuck to do. 
Meanwhile, I'd be at home acting like myself, fucking laughing about it. That's what I would do. Should be a fun, a fun kind of next month or so, because you think that's got to get resolved. There's got to be a decision made in the next month. We'll see. Already, Nick Chubb's kind of out there, like, dude, I don't know. People, nobody hates Baker. <laughs> like, he's my best friend. He'll he'll succeed wherever he goes. The Odell thing, like, I can almost guarantee you, more people don't like Odell Beckham than Baker Mayfield. He went to Los Angeles, who won, won it all. And ha- and Los Angeles has, like, this huge cheerleading squad right now on television, like FS1, ESPN, every, every, everywhere you look. Everyone loves Los Angeles sports. And so Odell is treated like royalty there. When he went, they're like, see, he's catching 30 yards a game. He's fucking fine. It's like, yeah, he's, he's averaging 30 yards a game. But he just comes off to me. I remember in the national championship game when Joe Burrow won, and he's like throwing money at these kids, and some of them were like, ugh. It's like, why are you putting those kids in that situation? Like, my guess is that more people probably don't like Odell than Baker. Like, just likable person, personality-wise. And even those two guys were buddies. I have no fucking idea. I'm just telling you, like, when you're talking about these huge fucking egos, like, most of these guys just probably aren't likable at all. I will say this about Baker Mayfield. The story is... In college, though, like when he had to transfer to walk on again at Oklahoma or whatever, he had to sit out a year, and he just like played video games with like kids in the dorms and shit. He's pretty normal. <laughs> I mean, he, he does commercials and shit, and acts of, you know, acts wild on the field and shit. But so did I when I was growing up. I'm, I just don't know. I don't know who's to blame in all that situation. But last year was a fucking disaster, and I think most of it had to do with injuries and those two guys just not. Their egos were both too big. But Deshaun's the future now. And if you're Baker, you want to get up out of there, you better play. Boxing this weekend. The fight I'm watching is not the main event, really. But it's the Tank Davis fight. Let's bring that up on the old uh, gambling side of choice. If I'm ever sponsored, I'll tell you which one it is or could be. All right, so the big fight tonight is uh, Gervonta Davis and Rolando Romero. And that's actually tomorrow night. And we'll do a quick little fight night pick'ems. Fight night pick'ems. And, all right, so Gervonta Davis is actually minus 1250. <laughs> so what you're going to be betting on is, is it going to go the distance or is he going to knock him out? And, and if he does knock him out, what round is it going to be in? That's basically what you're betting on with this fight. I personally think that it's probably Rolando Romero has only been in one fight that went the distance and he lost it. Davis is like a highlight or a 12 round fight. Rolando's only had one 12 round fight in his career. Meanwhile, Tank Davis is kind of like a highlight reel now. But his last fight went the distance. He won. I think he's going to try to come out and knock out Rolando Romero probably in the first couple rounds. It'll probably happen in round seven, but watch out for that. A couple fights, a couple of his fights ago, he was fighting a a Mexican fighter. I can't remember who who it was, but Tank was getting pieced up for like four rounds, and I was like, "Oh man, he might lose." And then he just caught him with an uppercut and nearly killed this dude, almost decapitated him. I thought I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, the dude didn't get up for like. 15 minutes and then when he did he was just like smiling sitting in the corner I'm like oh my god that guy's 
that guy's really dead. He might really be hurt. Tank Davis has some unbelievable power for his size. So I'm taking the knockout. So yeah, if you were to take a specific round for a Tank Davis knockout, you're pretty much looking at plus a thousand across the board. Aside from if you were to take him like in the fifth round or the seventh round, those are the most common rounds to get knocked out. Usually it like happens by then. So he's plus 850 in round three and plus 750 in round five and plus 850 in round seven. I think that's the bet to make tonight. Tank Davis, knock him out, round seven, plus 850. I like it. He's also plus 550 for decision. I think that's the other likely. I mean, listen, it's a one out of 12 chance on when he knocks him out. That's kind of how boxing works. Romero is plus 10,000 to knock him out in any round. Like Romero, the way these fights really are supposed to be bet on, when you're not talking Tyson Fury and you're talking boxing, like some of these younger guys, you're betting on when he's going to knock this dude out. You're not betting on the upset. The upset's not going to happen. Maybe. Of course, I say that in Canelo lost last time, which was fucking wild. But I think if you really look at the matchup there, it is a bad matchup for Canelo. But Tank Davis, this is not a bad matchup for Tank. He's going to go in there and fucking smoke this dude. It's going to be brutal. I'm, I'm guessing round seven. Especially since he's getting a lot of questions about his last fight going the distance. I'm sure he's tired of hearing it, so he's going to go try to kill this dude. Another thing I wanted to talk about before I kind of take off tonight is that... So I hear... <clears throat> excuse me. So I hear Jake Paul. This is a common thing. Like, I saved boxing. Me and Logan, we saved boxing. I think what they've done is they've made it entertaining. I actually don't hate either of them. I've watched their fights. They're fun. It's like, you guys are fun. But Tyson Fury saved boxing. Him and Deontay Wilder saved boxing. The only thing that saves boxing is the heavyweight division. The only time boxing is down is when we don't have a champion that people like. A heavyweight. When we have a heavyweight champion that people like, boxing is up. And it just so happens that these guys kind of coincide with Tyson Fury's rise. I mean, that second Deontay Wilder fight was on ES. Like, they were talking about that on ESPN during football week, and Jake Paul and Logan Paul weren't even fighting yet. And so, Tyson Fury really saved boxing. Jake and Logan, fun. Don't hate them. Totally fun. Some of the people are saying they've lost some of their luster lately, and they have. Jake doesn't need to be fighting boxers. Everyone wants to see him fight Tommy Fury, the nephew or cousin of... Tyson Fury. I don't want to see that shit. I just want to watch Jake Paul fight celebrity, like boxers or UFC fighters, like washed UFC fighters. I don't want to see him box. <laughs> Who the fuck wants to watch that? Nobody. Everybody's waiting for the next thing. And so today I, I saw, so they were saying Anderson Silva or, or uh, Tommy Fury. One of those guys is going to fight. And then today I saw Big Baby Davis from the Celtics is who he's going to fight. That's what I want to fucking see. I don't. I want it to be a fucking circus. His shit. You know, the, the Paul brothers, it needs to be a fucking freak show. I don't, want, I don't want him in there with Anderson Silva. I don't want him in there with anybody that's a boxer now. Like, have him fight crazy shit. And now Big Baby Davis was an undersized center in the NBA. And when I say undersized, I mean he's 6'9", 300 pounds. <laughs> like, please fight this dude. Like, I want to see that shit. 
You didn't save boxing, but you definitely made it funnier and more entertaining at times. I'm pretty sure all your shit's fixed. Every fight I've ever watched appears to be decided before it started. Um, I do believe that Tyron Woodley got paid. <laughs> I just, I just kidding, but I just can't believe it. But at the same time, it's just like fun. You know, it's the same with that. It's that whole promotion. I'm not watching it to bet on. In fact, my one friend bet on the uh, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight, and he bet on it to be a draw, which it was. And he's like, you know, it's just decide. Like these guys both have such big egos. Like they've agreed it's going to be a draw, and then they went in and put on an exhibition, and it was a draw. <laughs> And so, if you want to bet on it, that's like the best bet <laughs> on draws for that kind of shit, that thriller stuff. But when Jake Paul and all those guys come out, like, just make it a fucking freak show circus. That's way more fun. And it's been fun. But his last fight was a dud because it, he, like, tried to fight somebody that was like, I don't give a shit about. I want to fight. I want to see you fight, like, ex NFL players and fucking ex UFC fighters and just washed up bum. Like, it's more fun. I have no problem with it. It's pretty fun. Tonight, we got basketball and Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's back. I'm most excited about seeing Hayden Christensen. I started talking about that earlier. One of the things I wanted to mention about him, and it's one of the funniest things that I've seen over the last, like, 10 years, is kind of Reddit really taking the prequels and making it their own. Like, if you get on Reddit, the prequels, you know, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and all that shit, they they fucking love it on there. And they make memes and all this crazy shit. But I've always thought, and my other friend of mine, another Star Wars fan, has always thought this as well. When it first came out, people hated Hayden Christensen's performance. They thought, it's so cringy. And it's like, yeah, it's supposed to be. He's a teenager that's cringy. I thought Hayden that might be Hayden Christensen's best work. Like the facial expressions when he's like, and all the cringy shit he says to Padme. Like, I just thought that shit, it's so cringe. But seeing those guys get reunited on the screen tonight is going to be really fun. I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. The wife's stoked about Stranger Things. And then Top Gun apparently is like the best movie ever made. So we'll find out. I'm going to go check that out. I'll let you guys know if that movie is the best shit ever made. Got a little cart from the dispensary. Take it with me. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully it's a long weekend for most of you. And uh, talk to you all soon. Peace.